It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search it out is the glory of kings. This is the Message to Kings podcast. Episode 195, The Prophet Habakkuk. I really enjoy the book of Habakkuk. It's super interesting, petite in its organization, a small write-up, almost like a poetry book. But in the end, it's just one conversation the prophet Habakkuk has with God himself. It's a model of relationship. And the revelation in the book becomes prophecy, and it's astounding, but it's from a simple conversation. See that theme we keep covering? Relationship. These prophets are in relationship with God, and they're having a conversation. The fruit of their relationship and conversation is prophecies. God is inviting his people into relationship. In the New Testament, we see many parallels between New Testament believers to the walk of the prophets in the Old Testament. The style, the prophecies, the delivery, the judgment aspects are mainly different. But applications of listening and relationship are on a parallel. Check out these words in the New Testament. Jesus himself said, My sheep hear my voice. He also said, Ask and you'll receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Paul said, Seek first the gift of prophecy. Further, the mystery of the mysteries in the New Testament was that the Holy Spirit, which would hover over and arrive at moments of anointing and power in the Old Testament, this Holy Spirit would come and dwell within the New Testament believers. The spirit which led to great power encounters is now inside of you and me. God has called us in a relationship with the simplicity of conversation. We speak and listen. We enter into conversation through prayer. Prayer is conversation. If your prayer life is one way or it's even boring, you're not listening. God wants to speak to you. See the parallel? God is desiring fellowship with you. And in the relationship moments, his voice comes forth. The cool thing about the book of Habakkuk is that it's creative in nature as well. And it reminds me of something maybe like Ben Franklin or one of the founding fathers would have done. Might as well have been written under a pen name the way it's just presented. It could have had a four-part newspaper article instead titled My Conversation with God. Because it's actually a complaint is how it starts. It teaches us a lot about God and has a matter of Job feel to it as well. Habakkuk, a contemporary of Jeremiah, has an eye-opening conversation with God, which it found itself into our Bibles. The historical context is the following. Assyria rules over Judah, and they're conducting mass raids, exporting people, um, taxing Israel horribly. The Assyrians did as they pleased, taking advantage of northern Israel, destroying it, and taking away its people. And here they are now, ruling over Judah with an iron fist. In this context, Habakkuk probably watched entire villages get depopulated, well stolen from the people, and maybe even family members taken away or even killed or enslaved. This is the personal witness of Habakkuk. And on a personal level, I, I may be right or wrong about this, but I get to feel Habakkuk is a, a very kind, easygoing, joyful person who found himself bitterly hurt at this specific moment. 
And he's one that can come to understand really the joy of the Lord, but he's bitter at the moment, and he's complaining to God. And in a moment of pain, Habakkuk besought the Lord with a complaint. It's a, generally, it's a complaint. And here is his conversation turned book of the Bible. Habakkuk 1, the prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received. Habakkuk's complaint. How long, Lord, must I call for help? but you do not listen, or cry out to you violence, but you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounding. Therefore the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked him and the righteous so that justice is perverted. So this is a valid question. And in relationship, I can see someone asking this question very authentically. It's sincere, honest, relational. God, if you're good, why am I not seeing good? Instead of God making his ears feel good, telling him he'll do exactly what he probably wants to hear, God speaks of justice, but through a form of judgment that Habakkuk didn't expect or desire. Habakkuk 1.5 Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed, for I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. I'm raising up the Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people who swept across the whole earth to seize buildings and not their own. They are feared and dreaded people. They are a law to themselves and promote their own honor. Their horses are swifter than leopards, fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their cavalry gallops headlong. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle swooping to devour. They all come intent on violence. Their hordes advance like a desert wind and gather prisoners like sand. They mock kings and scoff at rulers. They laugh at all the fortified cities. By building earth and ramps, they capture them. Then they sweep past like the wind and go on guilty people whose own strength is their God. God's answer is coming, but through another nation. The Assyrians are going down, but they'll be torn from their place by another world empire, the Babylonians. Wow. We have God's playbook now for the, the how-to or the who of tearing down of the Assyrian empire. Or even God's playbook for the tearing down of Old Testament strongholds, other nations. We now have so many words now about the end of the Assyrians. It's just a matter of time. Habakkuk's response is interesting. He doesn't want another world empire. He wants the Lord to come and reign. He's obviously a student of the scrolls of prophecy of the men and women of God. But, but Lord, can you handle such injustice and wickedness just to judge evil? That's his question. It's a sincere, studious response. And I believe the Lord respects Habakkuk's question, and he gives him more than he asked for. Habakkuk 1, 12. Lord, are you not from everlasting? My God, my Holy One, you will never die. You, Lord, have appointed them to execute judgment. You, my rock, have ordained them to punish. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? You have made people like the fish in the sea, like the sea creatures that have no ruler. The wicked foe pulls all of them up with hooks. He catches them in his net. He gathers them in his dragnet. So he rejoices and is glad. Therefore he sacrifices to his net and burns incense to his dragnet. 
for by his net he lives in luxury and enjoys the choicest food. Is he to keep on emptying his net, destroying nations without mercy? I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. The Lord's response is a prophecy about him in the end of the age, and it speaks to great change and fulfillment of the ages. And I have to believe it came with a thunderous experience that Habakkuk doesn't relate, but he's overjoyed at the end. It's like that Job moment where Job's questioning God and then God comes and questions Job. It's not exactly like that, but you know, here is Habakkuk questioning God and God is answering and he's questioning his answers. And in the end, the Lord is going to judge the earth, the living and the dead, the nations and the peoples. Habakkuk 2.2 2. Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that an herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and it will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it, and it will certainly come and will not delay. See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright, but the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. Indeed, wine betrays him. He is arrogant and never at rest, because he is greedy as the grave and like death is never satisfied. He gathers to himself all the nations and takes captive all the peoples. Will not all of them taunt him with ridicule and scorn, saying, Woe to him who piles up stolen goods and makes himself wealthy by extortion. How long must this go on? Will not your creditors suddenly arise? Will they not wake up and make you tremble? Then you will become like their prey, because you have plundered many nations, and the peoples who are left will plunder you. For you have shed human blood. You have destroyed lands and cities and everyone in them. Woe to him who builds his house by unjust gain, setting his nest on high to escape the clutches of ruin. You have plotted the ruin of many people, shaming your own house and forfeiting your life. The stones of the wall will cry out, and the beams of the woodwork will echo it. Woe to him who builds a city with bloodshed and establishes a town by injustice. Has not the Lord Almighty determined that the people's labor is only fuel for the fire, that the nations exhaust themselves for nothing? For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Okay, so we have to stop here because this is the line of lines in this book. God is speaking of the judgment of the ages, and he just throws this line into the comments about the judgment of man. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. This is definitely the end of the age and the great harvest and a time of judgment all at once. A time when the fear of the Lord has overwhelmed the earth, a time of judgment, and then the time of just God's presence coming in a measure we've never seen. It's a beautiful verse to chew on, to think about, and to even pray. All right, so back to Habakkuk's Job-like moment. Habakkuk 2.15 what to him who gives drink to his neighbors, pouring it from the wineskin till they are all drunk, so that he can gaze on their naked bodies? You will be filled with shame instead of glory. 
Now it is your turn. Drink and let your nakedness be exposed. The cup from the Lord's right hand is coming around to you, and disgrace will cover your glory. The violence you have done to Lebanon will overwhelm you, and your destruction of animals will terrify you. For you have shed human blood, and you have destroyed lands and cities and everyone in them. Of what value is an idol carved by a craftsman, or an image that teaches lies? For the one who makes it trust in its own creation, he makes idols that cannot speak. Woe to him who says to wood come to life, or the lifeless stone wake up. Can it give guidance? It is covered with gold and silver. There is no breath in it. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. Okay, so the Lord just really speaks to and proves himself to Habakkuk through his revelation and encounter. He speaks of judgment of the end. It even says this is reserved for the end. That's how it starts. And he ends with this holy statement that the Lord is in his temple and the people will be silent, which mirrors Revelation 8.1. And when he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for half an hour. Habakkuk is overwhelmed in relationship, and his complaints turn into a historical prayer, calling upon God to move like he did in ages past, and trusting in the faithfulness of God. Habakkuk 3, the prayer of Habakkuk. Lord, I have heard your fame. I stand in all of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. God came from Timon the Holy One from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens and his praise filled the earth. His splendor was like the sunrise. Rays flashed from his hand where his power was hidden. Plague went before him. Pestilence followed his steps. He stood and shook the earth. He looked and made the nations tremble. The ancient mountains crumbled and the age-old hills collapsed. And he marched on forward. I saw the tents of Kushan in distress, the dwellings of Midian in anguish. Were you angry with the rivers, Lord? Was your wrath against the streams? Did you rage against the sea when you rode your horses and your chariots to victory? You uncovered your bow. You called for many arrows. You split the earth with rivers. The mountains saw you and writhed. Torrents of water swept by. The deep roared and lifted its waves on high. Sun and moon stood still in the heavens at the glint of your flying arrows, at the lightning of your flashing spear. In wrath you strode through the earth, and in anger you threshed the nations. You came out to deliver your people, to save your anointed one. You crushed the leader of the land of wickedness. You stripped him from head to toe. With his own spear you pierced his head when his warriors stormed out to scatter us. Gloating as though about to devour the wretched who were in hiding. You trampled the sea with your horses, churning the great waters. I heard and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled. Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The Sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer, and he enables me to tread on the heights. A powerful prayer ends the book of Habakkuk. A powerful encounter is what Habakkuk has and he can't help but cry out for God to move like he did in ages past. 
To conclude this episode and the message to Kinks, I can't help but mention again and again that this was just a conversation between Habakkuk and God. Have you considered how important just a conversation is with God? And it started with Habakkuk's complaint, not a wonderful start to a prayer life, but an earnest, authentic question. Have you ever done this? Have you ever inquired of God? Have you ever inquired of God on the subject? I mean, think about it. Do you, do you ever do that? Do you even not do that because you don't feel like that's something you should do? Here's an example in the Bible of, of someone going to God with their heart's desire and their concerns, crying out to God. Try it. Habakkuk did. See what happens. Conversation and relationship is what God desires the most from us. Who knows what would happen? Would the Lord himself tell you about judgment, the next great world empire, or speak to you about something incredible like he did with Habakkuk? Or maybe say these words, that the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. I can't help but ponder the potential of just a conversation. If you never had a conversation with God, now's the time. What about you? Have you had a conversation with God lately? Have you considered what would happen if you complained about your problems to God? And you listened to his answers. So there was a Christian counselor. Uh, he was kind of telling a testimony once. And, and this, this counselor was, was saying how they listened to all these people's problems and managed through it. And then one day, after so many times this one person kept coming in, not getting a resolution... Um, she actually asked the person, says, have you prayed about this? What did God say about your problem? <laughs> it totally changed this person's outlook. And I guess that's the real point of the book of Habakkuk. When we go to the correct source of all sources and go to him with our problems, is it he that has the real answers to all questions? Isn't that God has the answer to everything? If Habakkuk would have complained to some human, some friend, the answers would have been probably not as good. Yet Habakkuk was wise enough to complain to God, and he was willing enough to listen to God's answer. God's answer is available to all the world's problems, all the world's questions, if we just ask him. So the lesson of Habakkuk is go to God with your concerns, your questions, your issues, your all, everything that's bothering you in life, and he will answer you. Or he will give you answers to different questions, and, and he will define and help build you and your character, and he will spell out your future. Um, even if it's just in relationship and it's a day-to-day -day walk, God is the answers that you need today. Ask of me and I will answer. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Whatever your concerns are about, whatever that is on your heart, whatever you have in the world that is weighing you down, take it to God and he will show you his glory.
Thanks for joining us for this episode of Message to Kings. Feel free to visit the website, messagetokings.com. Share the Facebook page or if you want to chat, email us at messagetokings at gmail.com.